0: Texas football. It's a Longhorn live stream on Friday afternoon. Myself, Jerry Hamilton, and Rod Babers uh, coming to you, brought to you by myperfectfranchise.net. Andy Ludicki and his team helping people start their own businesses. Hey, Rod, Jerry, uh, Longhorns, nine and one, six and one in conference play. Iowa State, five and two in conference play. Winners of their last four of five games, only lost coming to Kansas a couple weekends ago. Uh, coming off a beat down really of a BYU team that uh, just a bad football team at this point. What are you guys thinking for tomorrow? Score predictions, anything you want to give? I went, I just full disclosure on inside Texas today. I posted a 23, 20 game. <laughs> win. Uh, Rod Babers, Jerry Hamilton, either one of you want to take it away from here. I went
1: 27, 17. Um, I just think, look, I, uh, I think every play that Matt Campbell calls uh, that's a pass play, he better move the pocket in this game. And that's what they do, but they really better do it this game. I I, I think not only is Sweat uh, and Murphy going to get after uh, Iowa State with those short arms on the interior of that offensive line that Iowa State has, but I think Baron Sorrell and Ethan Burke are going to have big games too. I think the entire defensive front – is going to give Iowa State issues, and that's Alfred Collins when he's in. I think there's some major advantages here. I think the Iowa State offensive line's improved, but they lack length and they lack reactive quickness, Um, and that's going to be an issue in pass,
2: Pro. Hey, I love the comments. The comments, I love the mindset now for Lowenhorn fans, baby. This is good. This is what we need to be. Right? Just win, baby. All right? Forget all the cover and the spread and forget all the, man, look like a dominant team. I need four full quarters of football, all that. Who gives a damn at this point, baby? At this point in the season, just get the dub. And I love that. The comments show the mindset of Longhorn fans now. And you're going to enjoy the experience a lot more. All right? If you just know, hey, man, be clutch. Just be clutch in critical moments. What this team has been, I guess what they're going to continue to be, don't expect them to be something they aren't. Don't expect them to be a dominant football team. You're like, oh, man, they should be I would say I'm looking at the roster. They got a better team. Yeah, of course they got a better team. But look at the sample size of games we've had so far, all right? They're going to play a spectacular stretch of football, and then they're going to play a subpar stretch of football. And as long as they make plays in critical moments, that's it. So I got them. I kind of with you guys. I got them 27-23 winning it. Boom. And they win it in clutch time again in the fourth quarter. That's where I got it. Hey, Rod, you're not gonna look, none of us are
0: really that far away from what Vegas has right now. Let's let's be let's be uh, truthful about that. I I've got 23-20. Jerry, what was your score again? 27-17. So that's that's good. Rod, I you had a beat 27-20. down for Texas on the road. <laughs> yeah. Well, you had 27-23. We're all very similar to what Vegas has seven and a half point favor. And now the Longhorns are for an over and under though of 47 and a half, mm. which means they yes. are thinking it's going to be 28, 21. Yeah. 27, 20. Yeah. That's exactly. kind of where there are 28, 20, one of those. That's kind of where we're at. We're all in that same kind of category. I uh, would love to hear what everybody else has to say about that right now. Uh, be interested in your opinions. Uh, here, we're going to take a lot of questions this afternoon. Uh, that's kind of what we do on Friday afternoon. Get the get the uh, last talk in uh, before the game tomorrow, if at all possible.
2: Hey, can, all I,
1: can, I, can I start a question for you guys? Yes. Throw it out. Okay. Because Rod and I haven't talked about this, and Bobby had to run this morning when I was talking to Blake about this. So I think the offensive lineman that went to the mic Saturday, he wasn't really going out there to talk trash about uh, Texas having to play at Iowa State, blah, 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 all this. I think what that plan for Matt Campbell and that offensive lineman were was to see if they can get Texas to make stupid post-play penalties, be hot, get them out of their character, make them play undisciplined football, because Iowa State knows they have to play a perfect game and Texas doesn't have to play a perfect game to win. I think they were trying to get Texas to play a little over aggressive, get a couple of 15 yarders, Rod, not control the emotion. Byron Murphy, hand slap to the face. That's what they were trying to do.
2: Yeah, so, so now you're on the grassy nose with me. Remember, I kept telling him this, this, man. It doesn't make sense. It's too out of character for our State. Yep. All right, I think Matt can I agree with Jerry. He ordered the code red. This is something up with this, right? Yep. There's one intention to come in overexcited over anxious you basically over emotional and what do you do when you're over emotional you make bad decisions everybody says you when you're dealing with some tragedy or something emotional don't hey man you don't you know don't make any rash decisions don't make any big decisions. And I agree with Jerry on this. They want, they want Texas to come in there overhyped, and they're probably going to do something early on to kind of ten- – and I think it's going to be schematic. I think they're really going to break Tennessee early on. Texas is a fast-flow defense. They, they, they flow fast to the football. If they're going to be over-emotional, Going in there early on, I could see Iowa State giving them some some red meat early on and using something freaky, using some exotic, and then catches Texan off guard because they're going to be so hyped going in that game. And all they're going to want to do is take Iowa State's head off. To Jerry's point, when you play emotional, you want to play, you want to maybe use emotional, right? You want to, but you don't want to play emotional, right? You want to play with emotion, but not play emotional. They won't text you to play emotional, to Jerry's point. And I, I I'm with you, Jerry. I've been on the grassy you know, all week. I'm like, this don't make no damn sense.
1: <laughs> doesn't make it sense. Doesn't
2: make sense. All right. It doesn't make sense. And I'm with I, Matt Campbell's a hell of a coach who's who, who I, I guess I would say he's in charge of his program, but he just had a scandal about yeah. gambling. So I can't say that. You know? <laughs> but still, it's out of character. So I'm with Jerry Man. I'm gonna be on the grassy you knoll. If I'm sorry, that's why I start downplayed. He's like, nah, guys, it ain't a big deal. We don't do, we don't worry about that, we just take care of business. Please have that approach because I think they own some. Um, they own some.
0: Let me ask you this because this is a good question, and I noticed it and I mentioned it last week or earlier this week from UT Parking last uh, last year. Matt Campbell cursed at JT Sanders at the very end of the game. I don't know if y'all remember that JT was waving by, and Matt Campbell went out there and pointed at him. I think we'll be plenty motivated, yes, but must stay disciplined. That's exactly in line with what you're talking about, Rod. Jerry, what you're mentioning, look, Texas has that. They're they're adults. I, I would say that they've been they haven't lost their composure, in my opinion, this season. They lost a little bit on the field at times against Oklahoma, maybe, but not in between the lines, really. If that makes sense, they didn't they didn't lose it mentally. They lost the game because they weren't playing in the right position, that sort of stuff. But it wasn't it wasn't a boneheaded play. Uh, right. The the only boneheaded play we've really seen the last couple of weeks is Savion Red. And to be f- be fair to Savion, a lot of kids go up go up and talk trash whenever a guy's on the sideline, right? Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. that's that was a they probably should have just call the late hit and, and well, got the same effect.
2: Yeah, but
1: that but comment, Texas definitely.
0: is not a team that
1: takes that bait no. very often, or at right. least not. right. And we have people in the comment section, and I think some great comments. It's gonna be a chippy game, gonna be chippy. I agree. And somebody also said earlier, you're trying to get Texas to get a targeting call in this game. You want Sweat, Murphy, Ford. You want somebody to get kicked out of this game. Uh, Matt Campbell knows, man on man, if Texas plays well and his team plays well, he's going to lose the game. Yeah. So what is his best recourse? What is his best plan? His best plan. Make it over Chippy on the Texas side. See if you can get a cheap 15-yarder. See if one of those guys gets a targeting call and they're out of the game.
2: Yep, and to add to that, I'm just going to throw it out there. If I'm a coach, there are ways to instigate. Right. Yes. There are ways to, <laughs> to instigate that with players. You can do different things. You can say different things. You can go at players. Uh, and this it, it is just a, kind of the chess match within the game that it may not totally cross the line where well, the officials may call it, but it's definitely considered unsportsmanlike. And if you keep going at it, you could, you know, obviously uh, antagonize a player to the point where they could do something in its scene, but something that really started. The issue maybe instigated has not been seen by the refs, so I, I could see that being a, a a a mentality and a a ploy by our State early on. Just get at Texas. Let's see if we can let's see if we can get under their skin a little bit. And you know what? Maybe they can. Maybe they can. We'll see.
0: They're gonna try, Rod. Yeah, that's that's my opinion. They're gonna try. Hey, uh, before we go any further and start taking more questions, we're gonna go go to that. I want to say thank you to Andy Ludicky, the owner and operator of myperfectfranchise.net. Andy has a system where he qualifies you for franchise ownership. So if you're looking to get into the franchise game and don't know where to start, Andy is the guy to get get going with. Uh, Email him at andy at myperfectfranchise.net or calling at 404 973 9901. That's 404-973-9901. Again, if you want to own your own business, start with Andy. He'll get you headed in the right direction. All right, uh, let's go to the the comment section and start here with this. Jerry, you and I talked about this. Uh, Sark mentioned it in his presser yesterday. David Pancake says, on the subject of radios in the helmet, apparently the issue is not the money, but liability the helmet manufacturers refuse to accept if any modifications are done to the helmets, what are what they do in the NFL? They're not taking the risk on
2: in the NFL? Yeah, I, I don't understand that because, yeah, they just take the NFL model. Go, go to whatever the contract is for the NFL. Go to the same people that do the NFL helmet t- helmet ra- radio technology.
0: Hey, so Rod, Rod, Rod you, Jerry and I talked about this morning, and, and I'll give you a chance to, to comment here. We talked about how Sark yesterday said, look, I spend five, ten hours a week dealing just with signals. Yeah. Instead of coaching my quarterbacks more, coaching the players more. We have to change this signal. We have to get two or three different people involved. How much do you think that that Sark was being overly dramatic or you think that's legit?
2: I do think it's pretty legit. I I, have mentioned this actually before because, I mean, think about it. In the NFL, that's not an issue. And he spent time in the NFL, right? He and Matt Rule both mentioned the same issue, that in the NFL, you don't have to worry about that because both of those guys know. And it's a different uh, education for the quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, And basically Matt Rule's point was that it's essentially uh, stunting the development of young quarterbacks going into the league. Because it's a different way of learning plays. Because at the college level, they do have to encode, uh, encode all their plays into pop culture images. And think about it, Bobby. If you're a coach, you better learn what the pop culture image means. You know that? <laughs> hey, guys, y'all want to do Beyonce for this? Y'all want to do Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift? Yeah, Taylor Swift. Okay. She, we, it, the play is hottie. It's our favorite play. We're going to go to high. You know what, I mean? what the hell? Do you say <laughs> with Right? Yeah. Think about that. Is it? And then on top of having the, the pop culture images that you got to encode and, and you got to code for your plays, you got to have the signals because you got hand signals. And then you got to put in – Dummy signals and dummy images as well for the people like Jim Harbaugh and everybody else who are trying to steal signals and trying to decode and decipher your plays. So you got to have both in there. All right, it's a I mean, There's a lot for a coach in, who's got a certain amount of time and a lot of amount of time to to to, to meet with this team and to to practice with this team. Man, I think it's I think it's crazy. It's asinine. It's ridiculous. Don't make no damn sense. It don't make no damn sense. It really doesn't.
0: It really doesn't. I, I completely agree with you. All right, uh, got a couple more questions here to get to. That uh, you know, please feel free to drop them here, or if you're in uh, or on Inside Texas and have a membership there, feel free to leave a question there in the uh, chat thread that I provided on the message board. Uh, this one from great great guacamole, which I'm going to segue into a bigger topic for all all of us here. No turnovers, make the proper second half adjustments. That's what great guacamole thinks, guys, for the game plan or what it's going to take for Texas to win. Iowa State is terrific at turning the other team over, yeah, and then playing a little bit of keep away, right? All right. What is what is the recipe for a Texas win, Jerry? I'll start with you and then ask Rod.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree with this one. Um, no, it's tough. It's on the road, but. No first-half interceptions. I said that last week, and Texas got lucky. Quinn threw one, and Whittington made maybe the play of the year when we look back on this if Texas gets to the Big 12 championship game. No first-half interceptions. This is a team with 15 interceptions. They have a safety. Jeremiah Cooper is going to be back on the field from El Paso. He's been banged up. He has five interceptions, hadn't even played the whole season. Those safeties will pick the ball off. T.J. Tampa will pick off an underthrown deep ball. No interceptions in the first half of this game. Uh, and center Baxter, no fumbles in this game. Those are my two things. You know, look, if something happens on the special teams play, you can have a turnover and win the game. But two specific players, no first half interceptions, Cedric Baxter can't have a fumble in this game if he's going to be the guy carrying it 20 times. It's so key to me early on in this game, too, in the first half, is what, what you can't do is let Iowa State – getting a lead and where they really want to milk that clock it's so important for texas to be up in this game for me and change the way matt campbell and i would say I have to call this game at home especially the on office, they may the not. Problem.
2: especially on offense because they yes. may not have the guy rod what do you think the keys are uh i totally agree with jerry jerry uh was on point there very astute i um to double down on what he said if you look at uh, Iowa State in terms of turnovers. Uh, I mean, guys, they, they had the fewest, turno, fewest turnovers in the Big Twelve. This <laughs> they don't turn the football over. People wonder what happened in that uh, Oklahoma game. They had a pick. Oklahoma had a, a pick six in that game. Oklahoma, you, if you can turn uh, Iowa State over, they're a different team. Um, they are tied with Oklahoma with the uh, the best turnover margin in the Big Twelve. So to your point, they turn, they take, you got a lot of takeaways, but they don't turn the football over. Uh, we looked at it, you're talking about lowest turnover rate in Big 12 play, just in conference play alone. Um, and they also, Iowa State is first in turnover on downs rate. So even when it comes to turnover on downs, they don't do that either, right? Um, so that, that's exactly, you're exactly right about that. You got to find a way, you got to take care of the football, and you don't need to have turnovers of any kind. Turnovers, whether they're giveaways, turnovers that are turnover on downs, Sark, Right? Um, going for it and not getting it. Um, and even if you are with your exotics, if you're gonna a fake field goal or you know, a punt block, that's all in my opinion, considered turnover turnovers too, have the same effect. So you gotta avoid those types of plays. I totally agree with Jerry in this game. But also, I'm gonna go to third downs, guys, and third down conversions. It's gonna be big. Now, I went back and watched last season. Now you're talking about you know, mostly a you know, a largely a different team, different quarterback. And some different weapons, but still, Matt Campbell, who's the offensive mind there. I mean, he's the guy that's still coming up largely with some of the game plans. They were nine of 15 last year on third down. And you would think, and we and Jerry were talking about this on the QB room. Like, I guess 15. wrong. <laughs> you think nine of 15, you're like, oh man, that must have been third and short, third and medium. Nope. It was third and long most of the time. Guys, they were seven of 10 on third and long versus Texas. Last season, third and seven-plus yards to go. Six of nine throwing the football on third and long last season. You go, well, what the hell happened? Something that's been really rearing its ugly head against uh, versus Texas in this in the last four games is targets to bunch, closely clustered groups of receivers, inside breaking routes. That's how they got third and long conversions against Texas last season. I went back and looked at the game and charted it. They had Texas, first of all, targets to bunch formation, Texas last year versus Iowa State. They allowed them to complete, uh, to convert 60% of their third down conversions when targeting bunch formations. Five of those were third in longs, third and seven plus yards to go, targeting closely clustered groups of receivers. We're talking about stack, we're talking about tight twins, we're talking about trips, bunch, whatever, however you want to, you, know, you know, whatever amalgamation, all right, of bunch, you want to call it inside breaking routes they were on, on converting third downs they were four or five converting third downs on targeting inside breaking routes last season three of three on third and long situations targeting inside breaking routes last season hey, rod rod did Texas
1: play a lot of off coverage last year against Iowa State do you remember yeah
2: they yeah well, when you play against bunch formations you have to you have to you put one guy up there who's on the line just to, to bump and kind of match and take away the, the guy that's on the line of scrimmage, the X receiver. But still, you can't, you got to play levels. So somebody's yeah. going to be playing off. That's the point of bunch. You get a free release. Somebody's got a free release. And if you can weaponize the guy with the free release, which they did with Xavier Hutchinson last year, y'all yeah, remember that you can really eat against Texas. And in the last four games, Texas, uh, uh, targeting, defending targets a bunch of formation allowing over 11 yards per attempt. That is the same with when you look at inside breaking routes. And if you look at um, the explosive play rate, you're close to 30% defending inside breaking routes and targets a bunch in the last four games and in third and long situations. It it also is very similar. Third and long um, in the last four games, Texas defending that versus targets to inside cuts You had a fifth over fifty percent conversion rate third and long targets to bunch formation starting quarterbacks only. I took away the the backup quarterbacks. I told you they distorted my sample size and it was screwing up. That's how I got to this information before everybody else. All right, um, over forty percent, forty four percent conversion rates targets to bunch formation on third and long situations this season in the last four games. All right, sorry, take it back. It's versus starting quarterbacks, not just four games versus starting quarterbacks. So. That's an issue they've had this year. Matt Campbell's watching the film. He's also going back to his initial game plan versus Texas last year. That was really successful, all right? especially on third downs. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. You better be ready for it. Third long and inside cuts. They go on inside cuts, and they going on targets to bunch formation. Guarantee it. If he doesn't, then he's just not the coach I thought he was.
0: Interesting. Uh, that's Rod Babers. Hey, guys, uh, keys to victory, obviously, defending that Rod for you as well as uh, you know, not turning the ball over. Uh, I want to add this uh, real quick because y'all, uh, we asked people on Inside Texas uh, and on our community here on YouTube, uh, what are the reasons or what are the thoughts uh, really that they had about what a key to a Longhorn victory uh, would be, Rod? Uh, and they they came out pretty interesting. They they basically said dominating defense uh, at 20, 26%, Quinn Ewers would be the key at 17%. The composure, we've talked about that a little bit, about not taking the bait on some uh, personal fouls, 21%. Second half adjustments, 24%. And then the game plan of Sark and PK I like uh, it. on this. All of those, uh, I think, Rod, uh, very yeah. interesting in my opinion, right, about like what, what they're looking at. These, uh, you know, what I found interesting of that group, there was no one runaway winner. Right. All of those things mattered at some mm-hmm. level uh, to folks. And I, I think we should talk about that a little bit because that means Iowa State presents a, more than just one problem. You're asking Texas to play a clean game for Texas to uh, cover bunch sets, what they haven't done successfully this year. Mm-hmm. To go in a, in a uh, raucous setting at night, uh, that's a, that's another issue. Uh, Jerry wants them to get out to a lead, so that that uh, uh, Matt Campbell can't play keep away. We're adding things here to the list that uh, make it interesting to me. Uh, long list. All, right. All, right. All right, hey guys, this is another one. This one from Russell Hinkle. How do you think Sark will deal with the three high without Brooks?
2: Will What's he that? run
0: or spread them out and pass more? Ian says Quinn needs forty <laughs> pass attempts. Is 40 pass attempts really what you want for a guy that's just coming off an AC sprain?
2: Mm. Jerry yeah. Rod- yeah, Jerry, you can take it. I, can. I mean,
1: look, I, I think if, uh, if you're throwing 40 passes in this game and I'm not saying and necessarily wrong, but if you're throwing 40 passes in this game, you're probably in a lot of second and third and longs. Uh, I mean, that, that's what I'm looking at with this. Uh, but to me, it all comes down, uh, to, to offensive line. It, it, and are they creating lanes in the run game against that three-man front? Um, now, I, well, I would not have to know what Ian's specific saying. He's saying forty attempts, and we're talking about a bunch of bunch of formations on the Texas side of things, and we're just swinging the ball out. Essentially, that's your running game. So maybe you run it twenty-four times, and ten of those passes are extension of your running game. To me, that's different. Um, th- th- that's different type of co- type of conversation. But if Texas has to tr- truly throw 40 passes in this game that probably means they're down and they're not doing anything in the run game and if that's what's going to happen you're going to have turnovers in the passing game if you have to throw 40 attempts true passing attempts against this three high and this d coordinator and these guys that pick off passes in the intermediate and deep game it's probably not a good situation
0: all right uh, i want to go to this one real quick uh, buddy Powell, chief big guy T. Brooks, thank you for the super chat. T. Brooks, composure helped win the, the Houston game. Agreed. Our yeah. defense is mature. Should be good with the composure. I agree about defense, but, I mean, I'm going to ask you guys. Over under on how many false starts the Longhorn offensive line has on Saturday night. Mm. Or, I mean, look, or, that, going into Bama, I thought oh.
1: Jake Jake Majors is the most important player. And everybody said, no, Quinn Ewers, but. When you go on the road and it's really loud, communication's number one. Because before the quarterback has a chance to make a play with his right arm, that ball has to be snapped to him. And you have to have good communication up front. I think this is a Jake Majors game for Texas in communication. Um, and I, I I think this is everything in this game. And I thought it was so big and key in Alabama. Jake Majors' offensive line communication, I think it's huge in this game for Texas. Huge.
0: Rod, what do you think about Terrence Brooks and his composure and how it helped uh, against Houston? And is the defense mature and the offense kind of questionable? I mean, look, the defense has made some mistakes on the back end, too.
2: Yeah, defense has made – I mean, there's still some growing pains on the back end, Um, and honestly, I I wish I could tell you they'd be resolved this season. I I don't necessarily think they are. I think that's why you're seeing Sark uh, openly frustrated with the defense, right, talking about the defense and their miscues openly because he's – at this point, I think he's – um understandably frustrated with their, their inability to resolve all right they, they haven't figured this out I've been, i i told you i've been tracking this you guys have been listening to me talk about this for the last what month <laughs> All right, since the oklahoma game i've been talking about this kind of stuff and so i think stark's been looking at the same stuff i'm looking at and he's a little bit upset with it and i think i was our state may come in and, and we talked to um, and, uh, and a uh an analyst from uh, Iowa State, from the Iowa State media, and even he said he think they may go past, they may go a little bit more past happy than they have just because Rocco Beck is playing so much better, um and he's playing a lot better, and they may decide, you no, know, maybe they can exploit Texas a little bit in the secondary because if you try to run against Texas, that's a fool's errand. I mean, who the hell? T- teams have tried, but a traditional running game just don't work against Texas. Actually, tr- TCU is probably in that second half, they did it probably a little bit better than anybody has done the last month or so. It's just Alabama, honestly. Since Alabama did it in the first half, like tanning off the ball against Texas, it doesn't work. Oklahoma did it with quarterback run game and with QB draw and with jet sweeps. Traditional running game doesn't seem to work. And we'll see if Matt Campbell and Iowa State decide to go with more of a traditional run game or they go to something else. Rocco Beck has functional mobility, but he's not a guy that can just straight up beat you with the running yeah. quarterback run game.
0: Hey, here's a, here's a comment that I think's uh, worth a yes. uh, discussion from Ron S. Iowa State has won four of their last five, but three of those wins were against Cincinnati, Baylor, and BYU. Not exactly strong opponents. They did lose to Jason Bean and the Kansas uh, Jayhawks a couple of weeks ago. Y'all's thoughts on whether or not this Iowa State team is ref- for real. Someone asked if they're better than TCU. I think they beat TCU pretty hand- handily, didn't they? They, they did beat TCU. Um,
1: are they better than TCU? I mean, record says they are, right? In a matchup against Texas, though, Rod, here's my question. On the road, Texas at TCU or Texas at Iowa State? The one thing we said about TCU was they had the receivers to really make plays against Texas, and that tempo game could give Texas issues. A two-minute offense, a team that's good in two-minute offense, could give Texas issues. And that's exactly what happened as that game moved along. Iowa State is a better matchup for Texas as far in that regard because they say there's no Savion. And I'm not saying Iowa State doesn't have good players at wideout. They don't have Xavier Hutchinson. They don't have a Savion Williams. They don't have the group receivers U of H had. And their offensive line isn't that good in pass per either. So, it's a different, totally different team versus TCU. Uh, I think Iowa State's better defensively than TCU, obviously. But offensively, I don't think they're close, guys.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. They don't have those twitchy athletes on the outside. They're not a pass-first team. That's not what they want to do. And they want to slow the game down. They're at 120th in the country in plays per minute. So they they want to slow things down. That that helps the Texas pass for us. that helps the Texas defensive front. Like I said, my concern is conceptually they can present Texas. And like I said, going back to last year, I saw it with Matt Campbell. Uh, they can present Texas with some of the problems that they've had in the last three of the last four games, um, dealing with some of those you know, tar- bunch formations and dealing with inside breaking routes. But I agree with Jerry, it is a good matchup. Now I like Jaden Higgins. And Jalen no uh Jalen uh is it Noel or No? Yeah. yeah, no, they're good, they're good players, they're top 10 in receiving yards per game in the Big 12. So I think they got enough uh you know basically competent, capable receivers to make Texas pay. And this kid Abu Sama the third. Man, I'm telling you, he's trending, guys. Yeah, y'all gonna yeah. see him. He they, uh, they, they got a stable of running backs, they like Eli Sanders and Cartavius Norton, but there's only There's certain guys that move the chains and other guys change the game. He's a guy that can change the game for him. And he got a name like that too, Abu Sama the Third. So he's a guy to watch in the backfield. But Jerry's right for the most part. They don't have explosive talent on offense, and that's they don't want to do that. They just want to convert. That's why I gave you the, the the thoughts about my thoughts on conversions and third down. If they just convert on third down against Texas, they can have a, a, a terrible first down and a mediocre to average second down. If they convert on third down, that's all they need because they'll just slow the game down and keep the ball. you got to get them off the field. Get off the field. G-O-T-L. Get off the field. This is one of them games. You stay on the field, you dying. The that defense and, on the field, they are dying on that field versus Iowa State. Get off the field.
1: And the thing that the issue for Iowa State is, to Rod's point, they're more dependent on the run game. But rushing the football this year, they're 81st in the country in yards per rush, 102nd in rushing attempts, and 91st in rush yards per game. So that for Power 5 teams, they're one of the worst running teams going. So what they want to be – their strength against Texas is actually a weakness of theirs this season. That's the issue I see them uh, having against Texas is Texas defensive line. And I don't think it's just the interior. I think it's Sorrell, Burke, Alfred Collins, all those guys. I think they're going to control this game and they're going to take Iowa State of what they want to do. And somebody's talking about Iowa State getting pass happy. I think they may have to be, but they better move that pocket.
0: I was going to say, I, I hope that I hope they are pass happy and I hope Texas brings it. Yeah. Uh, because that's going to, he's still a young quarterback guys. Yep. Uh, he's still a young quarterback. Uh, and I know he's had some time and you know, he's got outlet receivers, et cetera, but I'm a big believer in in trying to put some pressure on the quarterback, especially early in this game where he doesn't know where it's coming from yet to get mm-hmm. yourself in a good situation and, and not have those long drives uh deliberate drives like you were talking about. I agree. Uh, Rod. Hey, uh Michael Williams with this super chat. Thank you, Michael. Want to thank you guys for always being the voice of reason for Longhorn Nation. I don't know that we see ourselves as the voice of reason per se sometimes. We're pretty uh we're pretty uh, you know, we go with the flow a little bit. But as fans, we definitely take things to the stream and you guys bring us back. Uh Michael, thank you guys for being here with us as well. Uh This is a channel called On Texas Football. Are there plans to have sports-specific shows, basketball, baseball? Thanks again for all that you do for Longhorn Nation. So, yes, there is uh, going to be at least a basketball one. We haven't got to the point where I'm contemplating baseball yet. Uh, We do have a couple guys on staff that are very interested in baseball, uh, but we are going to do a couple of basketball shows at least a week uh, to keep everyone in the loop there. And I think we have – some really special guests coming up uh, as well for that. That I think everybody uh, will have heard of. I guess is the best mm-hmm. way to put it. All right, this is from Zachary Mead. Who do y'all think the player of the game will be, and who's who needs to step up in the game? I'm going to yeah. go with mine first. I'm going with Byron Murphy, not to Sweat. Byron Murphy. I think that he needs to show some quickness and get some pass rush up the middle. You think? Y'all, what do y'all think? Who are y'all taking? That's
1: good. I like that. I'm actually taking Anthony Hill. I think Texas is going to bring him in a package rushing the quarterback. I think these moving pockets are very good for a guy that pursues the football. That's true. That can rush the passer. I think Anthony Hill is going to have a big day in Ames. Um, That's my pick right now. If not him, it's
0: going to be Burt Albert. Oh, they need that. Rod, what do you think, buddy? Damn, that's good. I like that. Um, you liked the Burt Auburn at the last second, didn't the you?
2: The Burt Auburn was good because I was leaning that way, too. That was good. I was, I, I was like, ooh, because I think it's going to be one of them games. i got them 27 with 23. Um, okay, so I'll go with – oh, you know what? Okay, so this is going to be an outside-the-box one, and maybe I'll go with two kind of like Jerry. One of them, I'll go with Jaden Blue. Ah. As one of mine, I, I he's an explosive guy. You're gonna need somebody to, to make listen. Okay, let's, let's talk about Texas offense. And my man Ian Boyd was talking about this on football theory. The Texas offense is is bad in red zone offense, right? They're 120 something in touchdown percentage in the red zone, like 125th. They are bad on the goal line, <laughs> they're you not know, great on goal line either. Um, they're uh, mediocre on short yardage. You know, you need the red cat. If not that, you can't figure out short yardage either. And they're all right. They're pretty, they're all right to good on third down. Right, these are crucial areas for the offense. And yet Texas is subpar in those areas. But when it comes to ex- how, so how does the offense survive and how they're prolific, it's explosive plays. They're so explosive offensively because they have so many weapons. There's nobody that really can defend all their weapons. They won't have somebody that can defend all their weapons until they get to the college ball playoff right? Because they got X-Men, A.D. Mitchell, J.T. Sanders. It really comes down to can Texas make the right decision on the right play versus the right coverage and block and execute correctly and then boom they'll have an explosive play. And we see it time. Hell, they won the last damn game on explosive play. Um, So I'm going to go with Jaden Blue because I think he can provide the explosive element in the run game. He said somebody explosive and I know they're going to be up. They're going to money ball it. I hope they do. And he's been explosive. I think he can prove that versus Iowa State too. Even though, how about this little stat? They've only allowed four rushes of twenty-plus yards all season long. Georgia has allowed that's them assignment all football, Rod. That's assignment exactly. football, man. Exactly. They don't they don't bust it. But I think they hadn't faced speed like Texas either. That's right. they hadn't faced speed like Texas and who got so many weapons. So I think Texas is going to get more than anybody else. Also, I'm going double. I'm going to go JT Sanders because they got nobody that can match up with JT. They got they, they, their corners and DBs are pretty good. We talked about that. I mean, yeah. you'll see them, um, uh, Jeremiah Cooper, TJ Tampa. I mean, these are guys that are going to play on Sundays, potentially. These are good players for them. Um, and, but I think in the slot, when they spread Iowa State out, I don't think they got anybody that can match up with JT Sanders. So I'll go JT and J.D. Blue big because with explosive plays, big plays, maybe not prolific, maybe not double-digit receptions or double-digit rushes. But I'm talking about a, a bust in a long run that gets Texas an easy, favorable field position, that kind of stuff.
0: Good stuff, guys, really good stuff. All right, uh, this one we're going to go and ask this from John Lauber. Uh, First-time message, thanks for doing it, John. Uh, you, we sack the quarterback if we play tight man coverage. Let that work on here. The second, and we talked this a little bit, does C.J. get 20 carries? CJ Baxter, we were talking about it this morning, Jerry. We thought more like somewhere between 15 and 20. Not, yeah. Not I, on I the think, high side of that, right? I, I think Cedric Baxter's
1: banged up as he's been this year. If you get above 20 touches, you're risking it with him. I mean, look, I know, I know we were saying, what's well, one game? What's the difference between 20 and 27? Well, that's. 15 more hits his body's taken, essentially. I mean, I, I and we talked about uh, the combination of Brooks and Baxter being key. I think they want to keep Cedric Baxter's touches between 15 and 20 in this game. I I just think there's been too many. He's still a freshman from Florida. His body's got to get built up. He's been nicked up this year. He still runs a little high, which means if you run high, you do take hits, and you're going to be mm-hmm. taking cold-weather hits. I think you need to limit him to 15
2: to 20 touches in this game.
0: You Rod, you me.
2: Go ahead, Rod. I am just saying, Jerry said touches. They don't always mean rushes. So That's Jerry's right. talking about getting a couple of receptions too in there. So I agree with Jerry 100%. What about the, the
0: playing tighter? If, if Iowa State goes to those bunch sets, you can't play everybody up on the line that, of scrimmage. That,
2: exactly. That's, that, that, that's why Texas sees so much of it, guys, because Texas wants to play bump and run, and you can almost null. You can nullify that. They can play still whatever man's on the line of scrimmage in the bunch set. You can match that guy with a player to play press man on line of scrimmage and eliminate them from the bunch. But if it's trips or, say, if it's stacked, you still got a free release by the other receivers because you have to play levels so you don't get picked or you don't get rubbed. All right. Then a guy's w- running wide open. You don't want that. Everybody knows that's just defense one-on-one. So that's the key. You're going to get a free release. My problem with Texas DBs is I, I they give up the inside leverage too easy. I need them once they, once they know that a guy is breaking inside to cut them off, they don't cut them off enough. Um, they try to struggle to get the out, to get the upfield shoulder, um, to be in good position, but they need to cut that guy off, like literally go in a B-line, take a good angle, and cut off the receiver to the football. Um, and I think also when they got the guys get the free release, man, it's just tough. Texas doesn't – you can't play aggressive. You have to read and react rather than redirect and reroute. So Texas, they they, they should be better at it. It's also communication. You're passing off routes and coverage, and Texas doesn't do that very well. Either we've seen bust in that, you know, the last – three of the last four weeks. Um, So I think that's something that the bunch formation automatically exposes and Texas doesn't have great communication on the back end. So I think they'll get better at it. And they have gotten a little bit better at it as they play more together. The rotations don't help of different guys playing in there and getting reps together. That doesn't help either.
0: All right. Hey, I got to say this as we're talking about all the negatives and not, you know, the ins and outs of all this stuff. I do have to uh, quote this from ESPN not that it matters in the slightest, but ESPN gives us a 78% chance of winning. Uh, all hail ESPN for doing that. Hey, so hey, 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 that sounds good. Win. We have to commit Harry Carey before we actually go to the yeah. game. Hey. No, so hey, that's how, but Bobby, that sounds good because all week
1: uh, ESPN gave OU a better chance to win than Texas. And all comments was loaded up. But what does ESPN know? What do they know? What do they know? Well, here we are. So let's take the 78% and roll with it.
2: Well, and I'll say what they give U of H. Anybody remember that one? Yeah. Give U of H to win. And you know what I mean? And, and that ended up being a tight game. It's, listen, yeah. it's, it's, I'll throw out the models and throw out all that kind of stuff. It's about matchups and yes. it's about, it's, being about it's about matchups right now. Yeah. Right, but,
0: let me ask you this, Rod. I want to stay with you on this uh, because you've been calculating it and talking about the, the comebacks and what uh, starting quarterbacks have done. From Frank DeCluet. Is it me or do the comebacks against Texas and Quinn's injury are they correlated? Yeah, the, the number of comebacks at Texas. I mean, it's true. Houston injured, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Although he, although Houston was on its way to coming back
2: right. in the first place, That's right? Though,
0: yeah, still an injury, though, yeah. Malik Murphy obviously was the quarterback against Kansas State when Kansas State came back last week. Quinn not maybe not a 100%
2: although he looked pretty yeah. good to me it's good what point what are your thoughts uh i definitely think that's that's part of it uh that's if you got to take into the into account the commonalities of all of these you know 20 point um, you know, twenty point uh, margins by Texas uh, at halftime and or uh, whatever at one point during the game, and then the opponent being able to come back and make it a fourth quarter game to make it a a game where Texas has to win on the last play, like an AD Mitchell reception or a game winning goal line stand. Uh, that's one of them, is that Quinn's health and Quinn's I, Quinn's not hundred. He's not going to be healthy in this game, hundred percent. He's dealing still dealing with the pain tolerance of the injury and. Maybe some of the limitations of it, that's football, though. And by the way, everybody's got to deal with that on some level. And I think also one of the commonalities is, you know, he's, and Sarkis talked about this, he's he's on this run of these three high, three down defenses, right? He's on he's on this run of them. from U of, He didn't think U of H was going to break it out as a tendency breaker, but they did. Um, and now he's on this run of, you know, K-State and TCU, and Iowa State. This is their part of their defensive DNA. And I went back and looked at it, guys. You go look at it. I mean, go look at the – they've had, Texas played in how many one-score games this year? Like four? Four one-score games? They even beat Bama by double digits. The, one of the commonalities is they've all been teams that are run that three-high, three-down look. Yeah. <laughs> the, only, the only team that runs the three-high, three-down that didn't end up in a one-score game with Texas was Wyoming. And that was a tied game going into the fourth quarter 10-10. So you can say what you want. I'm not saying that it is the ultimate kryptonite and, and makes you know Sark's offense moot or anything like that. But his offenses are less effective, they're less efficient, and they're less explosive versus three high defenses. It's just document. I'm just giving you the numbers. All right. I follow the evidence. That's all I follow. I've been telling you that for the last year. And it, it just it, it holds true. It still holds true right now. And you're gonna look at third you've been complaining, Bobby, about the third down um success rate for Texas offensively. You want to hear their third down numbers versus these teams? Hell, versus Wyoming, Texas was 4-12 on third down. Versus U of H, they were 3 of 12. Versus TCU, they were 4-13. Versus Oklahoma, you can consider them a 3-high, three 3-down three just because Venables knows about it, and it was part of something he studied. But they didn't run a lot versus Texas. They were 5-14. of Versus K-State, they were 2-15. 2-15? <laughs> yeah.
0: Boy, were, those, were, those were pretty eye-opening, in my opinion.
2: That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's documented, and and, and this is a team that had pioneers it. You got one of the founding fathers of it. I'm just and, and getting back to the comment that was just made in the chat, Quinn's still injured. They're still facing this defense. Why should I think they're not going to end up in a fourth quarter game where they got to pull it out and make clutch plays in critical moments down the stretch? I think they will win, but I think it'll come down to that.
0: Yeah, they got the players to do it. Uh, here's another question for for you, Jerry. Uh, I, I think Mark Green has a good one here. Do you think that the success running the football against Alabama that Texas had down the stretch has caused an overconfidence in Sark to run the ball late in games?
1: I don't. I, I just think it's a lot is is so situational, right? I, I don't think so at all. Um, I think look like if, if you just look back at uh, TCU last week. I mean, in the fourth quarter, he ran that football to keep his defense off the field because they were gassed. So I think each game is different uh, in where you're at in the game, in the game management, the game situations. But, like, if people look at TCU, he had no choice but to run the ball in the fourth quarter of that game. His defense had was on the field for 24 plays in the third quarter. And he knew they were getting tired because TCU was going up and down the field and was going to have a chance to score every time they got the ball. So it's all it's all different to me. It, it, I can't look back and say yes, 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 because all the games are a little bit different. I, I my biggest thing versus that is, um, you know, when you when you when you're substituting on defense, not to flip the whole thing, but those are the more impactful ones than at timing at games and stuff than when Sark is uh, just uh, trying to run the football. But look, he wants to be balanced. Sark wants to be balanced. He wants to throw to set up the run. He wants to throw early in games to set up the run in his script, but he wants to be a balanced offense. And he also knows this. I mean, you know, look, the inside zone run scheme is so key to opening up his pass game. Ideally, the horizontal pass game and the vertical pass game, the inside zone run scheme is so key to that. Rod,
2: yep.
0: Tell totally me, I don't know who runs it well of these guys that they've got right now back there. Exactly. That, so that I totally
2: agree, Bobby. That's That's what, is is it CJ Baxter who wants it better? I'm serious. I agree with Bobby. I don't know. That's on sorry to figure that out.
0: Yeah. Hey, uh, let's say thanks once again to our sponsor Andy Ludicky of MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to leave the corporate rat race and own your own business, you know, have your own time to yourself, and want to do that, franchising is likely an opportunity you want to pursue and look into. Look no further than Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Visit him at myperfectfranchise.net, email him at andy at myperfectfranchise.net, or call him at 404-973-9901. Andy has a system uh, whereby he interviews you, goes through it, uh, talks to you about what you want from a business, uh, what you're looking to make, how much you have to invest, all of that, then gets it and and goes through a list of guys with you, or a list of companies with you. uh, And it's really a really interesting process. I actually did it myself with Andy. Uh, please take advantage of this. Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. All right, we've got more questions here, guys, coming in. Rod, I'm going to give you these two because they're kind of they're kind of uh, co- coordinated. Rod, do we see PK dial up some more backside corner blitzes against a young QB? And if I'm PK, this is from Todd Lacey, I'm playing man-free the majority of the game, single safety back. This will cause Beck to. To have to be precise in ball delivery, one mistake could result in a pick six. What do, y'all, what do you think on
2: those two things? More blitzes from the, the weak side and uh, playing man free, Rod? I, I do support it, and I'll tell you why. Because I think Texas can hold up against these wide receivers, right? As we talked about, Jerry mentioned, they're not the same twitchy, fast group that, you know, you would be afraid of uh, in space like, Oklahoma had, and Oklahoma has some speedsters. You talked about that, Bobby. Like U of H had, TCU, Savion Williams, good, goodness. I mean, that dude, that dude's gonna play on Sundays. So there's no doubt. So they don't, they don't have those type of explosive receivers. I like Jalen Nod, but he's not. I don't think he's of that type. Uh As Jerry I mentioned, more of a running back body type. Yeah. Um, but those guys are capable receivers. So, but I, I, I trust Texas DVS to maybe to hold up in man coverage against those guys. If you're gonna have man coverage, that means you're gonna have an extra defender. Um, but you can use in a run game or you can use in the pass game, and I think PK should use that extra defender to bring the blitz and 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 bring uh and bring some heat on rock and rock obet bets. I, I totally agree. And by the way, I think he's been doing more than and by the way, Sark called called them out. I was in the defense zone and called out the play calling, and he called them out for lack of aggression in the play calling and in the way the guys were actually playing on the field. So if your coach has openly told the media. That he wants his defense to be more aggressive, I think you're gonna easily see them be a lot more aggressive in this game. So I expect to see a lot of blitzes and some man coverage.
1: Hey, and by the way, the thing with the blitz, the blitzes off the uh, from the corners or nickel, you can catch them in a moving pocket too, because they're gonna move the pocket. And if they move the pocket and I, and if, let's just say they're moving the pocket right, and you call it the right time, and you're bringing somebody off the left, Beck's never gonna see that guy coming. Never gonna see that guy coming. Yeah. So if you can call it at the right time, get a little bit lucky, uh, or you knew what was coming, uh, you know,
2: you have an advantage I, there. I can only honestly, I'll, I'll say this though: in terms of the the cornerback blitz for Texas getting home, getting a sack, I only remember one in the last two and a half years. Uh, yeah. One was y'all remember other one other than one? I, I remember one. Well, Ryan Watts got home but didn't make the tackle against Alabama.
0: <laughs> <two years ago. laughs> that don't count. I was going
2: that don't count. Almost don't count. Ask, ask any of my ex-women. Almost don't count. You got to get there and you got to make the play. So I like the cornerback blitz, but I'll admit, I'm a guy that, I got all these notes for I pay attention to productivity and make all the chart the games and track the games. It it doesn't hit home and work a lot of the times. Now you may be looking at the psychological effect of it and maybe looking at how it may deter teams from doing other stuff, but in terms of getting you a sack or a tackle for loss does not get a lot of splash plays. They like it though. I mean, PK runs it a lot. I see it all the time. I just never see it actually make any impact.
0: Fair. All right. Hey, you're listening to the Friday afternoon live stream on Bobby Burton, joined by Jerry Hamilton and Rod Babers of On Texas Football, Inside Texas, and On Three. Uh, we're sponsored by MyPerfectFranchise.net. Uh, each and every Friday, we try to uh, an- answer questions, talk with folks about Texas football. Uh, and so here's one that I want to bring up next. This is from Scott Speck. We're get, getting everyone's best game. Every coach only wants to beat Texas. There's some truth to that in the state of Texas, right? We know that's the case with Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU. I mean, it, it is what it is, right? I mean, that's it, it. Helps those guys keep their jobs. It one win versus Texas is probably worth three otherwise. I mean, You know what I mean? Here's what's surprising to me. This whole Iowa State thing with Texas. I mean, good Lord. I mean, how many teams are we like their second biggest rival or biggest? I mean, it's kind of scary that somehow Texas is. I mean, why is it Kansas State? I mean, they, they're actually like Iowa is borders Kansas, right? Why is it Kansas State or Kansas? Or Nebraska. I guess I don't um, beat Nebraska anymore. Probably once was Nebraska. Well, beating
1: Texas makes you more money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, so I agree. That, I, I
1: get you a contract
0: extension. A
2: contract extension. Well, in the right state right.
0: of Texas, but it, nationally? I mean, yeah. Iowa State? Yeah. No, well, it's, all of the teams, that one kind of – I just got to say that one shook me the most
2: <laughs> of maybe anything I've heard in a while. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, it's it's just- it, it was unexpected, Bobby. It was so unexpected, right? You're like, you understand the rest of them. You understand Baylor and Tech and you're like, on, oh, I don't understand. I was like, what do you mean? Don't uh, you hey, mean-? By the, way, by I mean, the where, way, why are we even in this discussion? I mean, what the hell? <laughs> I, I didn't even, we didn't play Iowa State until
0: 20 years ago. Y'all know uh, I
1: like Matt Campbell. I think guys has a tremendous football coach, I, whether I you like his really. antics or not. I mean, the guy's won four coach years over a seven-year period by his peers. That's an amazing number uh, at one point there between Toledo and Iowa State. He, that guy's beat Texas and Oklahoma and stuck around there. It, it, this has been one of the worst career decisions, and it may work out for him. <laughs> he beat Texas and OU and still stayed in Ames. I will never understand this. Yeah, I don't get it. I I will never understand it because he shouldn't have been there to get in this stuff he dealt with this summer, which I don't – look, if that popped up at Texas, I wouldn't place blame on Sark or anywhere. I mean, the the gambling is – that's dicey stuff, and you're never really truly going to know. You're just sitting over there hoping you don't get the 2 a.m. phone call. But uh, I, I don't understand why he's still there. He's done what you're supposed to do to get out of there, beat Oklahoma, beat Texas. And he's still there. I'll never understand it.
2: Yeah. All right. No, I'm, I'm with you. All right. I'm I got
1: a question for you here. guys. This is
0: coming from the Inside Texas message boards. Uh, and this from Sandman. How many total rushing yards does Texas need to have to win the game? And how many yards is Iowa State giving up on the ground? I'll look that up while y'all think about what y'all believe Texas needs to rush for. I'm thinking $1. twenty-five to buck fifty. To win the Iowa game. State gives up 127 a game. I think that 125, 150 is about what it is. 150 is the number I have. Okay, let me say this: Iowa State is the only defense in the Big 12 that gives up fewer yards per game than Texas. Yeah. Now, part of that to Rod's credit, earlier he was talking about. How many plays per game Iowa State plays? Mm-hmm. They're 120th. So a lot of that is number of plays, right? Yep. Exposure. But there's some well, reality there, guys. It's, it's also
1: they play Iowa. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be why you were on the
2: schedule. They're like yeah, the they're,
1: worst two power five offenses uh, in America and maybe of all time in the same season.
2: He ain't lying, though. That does help. <laughs> so, you're right about that. Uh, I'll say that I think that um, the defense is I, I think John Haycock is a hell of a defensive coordinator. He he is. is. He, he really is. And the fact that he stuck around with Matt Campbell also says a lot because I, I know that his name has come up a ton for other just DC, DC of other more, you know, renowned big time programs. And yet he's locked at the hip with Matt Campbell. So him and Matt Campbell must be, you know, down like four flat tires. And I agree with, with Jerry about Matt Campbell too, because when he turned down a Detroit Lions job, guys. He turned that job down just straight. I mean, that's crazy. That's wild. They just get, and they, they picked, they picked the other Campbell. They picked Dan Campbell. They, uh, took the who, they took the Aggies head coach. It's working out for him, but you're right. Matt Campbell, I will say this about him. I think he's a hell of a coach. And I do think, His teams – I mean, E. Hogan was talking about this because E. Hogan actually is from, uh, uh, like, Ohio originally, that that cradle of coaches up there and all that kind of stuff. And how he coached at the lower levels where they have a playoff, which, you know, when you're as a coach – and even high school coaches are kind of like this too. When you're a coach, when you have a real playoff like that, all you're worried about is peaking at the right time when you're in – you know, get to the playoffs. The regular season is great – but you just want to make sure you make the playoffs and you're peaking at the right time. And that's kind of what Matt Campbell teams do. They, you know, they get better as the season goes on and they're kind of built to peak later in the season. And that's that's why that's the concern here with Texas versus Iowa State. Texas way is a better team than Iowa State, of course. But, uh, you know, is this a team that could play their best game of the season? Iowa State. By the way, by the way, so Iowa State – could, it, it, would you say
1: Iowa is the best defense out, outside of Texas that Iowa State's going to play this year?
2: Yeah. yeah. I mean, Iowa, they, couldn't, they couldn't
1: run the ball yeah. on Iowa. Iowa defense the crazy is thing that stands out to me about Iowa State, just look at the stats, they couldn't run the ball on Kansas at home. Everybody's run the ball on Kansas, including <laughs> Jason Bean in practice. <laughs> the one team that hadn't run it on them this year is Iowa State. If you can't run on Kansas, how are you going to run
2: on Texas? You won't. That's my. I agree with that. You won't. My point is, and Matt Campbell knows this. He's a smart football coach. He ain't no idiot. He ain't gonna go into
1: the game. <laughs> of screen game. Let these guys come upfield and screen it.
2: Yeah, I, exactly, Jerry. I, I don't think he's gonna go into this game handing off the football. I think he's gonna. And now he may. He may start early on and do it and try it a couple of times. Who knows? But I think they're gonna pass a lot more in this game. And I'm going do the screen game. Easy, short quick completions for their young quarterback because he can't hold the ball long either. Like you said, Jerry, got to move the pocket because Texas is going to be on his arse early and often with that D-line.
0: Hey, apparently, Iowa doesn't border Kansas. So I just failed. I I, I failed. Uh, no! Dunham Geography. Kansas.
2: Geography. Right. Geography. Oh, man. I, I wasn't saying Iowa Geography. doesn't border. Right. Right. Hey, Bobby, who do I
1: the good thing is we're moving to the SEC, so it don't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know everything
0: that heads east; that's all that you matters. Right. I got to I got to relook at my map. It's been a while.
1: It's hey, uh, a while. this
0: one's a good one, uh, guys, from Mike Gosnell. Something weird always happens in Ames at night. I think we'll be prepared. He's right. Yeah. Weird yeah. things do happen at night. Do y'all remember when Jonathan Brooks? I uh, Jonathan. Jonathan Gray, Jonathan Gray, um, Yep. Jonathan Gray ran into the pack on a, a third one on the goal line, and the man. Iowa State linebacker came out of there with the ball running the other way, man. and they didn't turn the turn that play over. Woo! Yeah, that was
2: that was scary. That was a, I
0: thought that was a fumble. I mean, weird thing. Uh... Malcolm
2: Roach jumping off sides mm. on a on a fourth down kick. You telling me Iowa State at night is like Lubbock at night now? Where this weird, crazy, freaky stuff happens?
0: I don't know if it's completely that way, but I think there's some there's some no, level not. there. Hey Rod, this let's uh, got about time for about one more question here before we gotta go. Zach Kern, Rod, how much did motivation like goals still ahead, other players trash talking, mm-hmm. idiot commissioners actively rooting for teams over yours affect the game? Just make you play with more effort, focus. What did it help, or was it just a white
2: noise after a certain time? No, I will say that yeah, because I we the bulletin board material has been taken to another level with social media. We didn't get exposed yes. to as much. We would get stuff late, right? Yeah, that quote had to make its way through the newspaper article. They come, you know, I mean, it was. It took a while. I remember the one trash that I remember is kind of before the a, the A and M game. I think it goes, Bethel Johnson from Austin. You all remember Bethel Johnson? Oh yeah, of course. Oh, he was. Yeah, 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 right. Ended up being drafted, I think, by the Patriots. Actually, he, he was the run, combine. Man. Dude, he could. I think he ran a four two at the combine. I'm not that joking. Dude I think he, was fast. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he ran some ridiculous uh, time at the combine. Ended up being drafted second round. Yep. Yeah, drafted pretty high. Anyway, so before before the, I think before the Texas Texas A&M game, somebody asked him. Because the D- Texas DVs were pretty good. So they asked him about the Texas DVs. And I believe his quote was somewhere along the lines that, um, oh, Jesus couldn't guard me if he had cleats. Yeah. That was like the quote that 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 we got down as some bullets and more material. And I think it was like, well, actually, he wasn't insulting us. He didn't even, he insulted the Lord and Savior. Like, what the hell, man? You know what I mean? I took that person who was a child of God, but he didn't insult us. Oh, so we didn't get the same type of petty that they get on social media where they can respond directly, that kind of stuff. Um, but I will say that type of stuff helps you practice harder, I think, more so than in the actual game. The game comes, you match intensity in the game. You know what I mean? The game is the game. It, it's all, all that stuff kind of goes away. It really does when the game gets started. Now, the way that what Jerry's talking about, and I agree, they could get it chippy. They could start instigating stuff on the field during the game. Trash talk, cheap shots, and they could bring all that back up again, which I think they're going to try to do. That's yep. different than just oh, we got some. I mean, they gotta make that statement on a Tuesday, you know, you know. so that's all week long. You got to so you got to get motivated for it. Hey, you know what? Let's put in extra time. Uh, you know, I think the intensity at practice it helps, but intensity of the game, man. You ain't ready for a football game. You need you need bullets and more material to get ready for a game. You ain't got that dog in you anyway. That's just that that everybody the game time is game time, baby. It's the time.
0: All right. This one, uh, last one going to be from Scott B. Uh, Bobby, did you call Andy Staples about the scenarios? So this morning, Rod and Jerry, um, I think there was some confusion. confusion. Uh, they had said that Andy uh, Staples, who's a national writer for On 3 and does a podcast, said that Texas was in the Big 12 championship if they beat Iowa State. That is, Even an if they
1: lost to Texas Tech, yeah.
0: Yeah. Even if really? they lost the Texas, A- that, okay. that Texas would be in. Andy said he did not say that. Oh, so somebody misheard heard him or mis- misunderstood whatever he was saying, uh, but he did not say that. Said no, no way. He was he was not saying that at all. Now maybe somebody he interviewed was trying to say that and he didn't understand it, but he said he did not say that at all and doesn't know where that would come from and does not. He go. In fact, his quote to me had something to to the fact of. The Big 12 looks like it's kind of being run the same way. It's the Big 12 tiebreaker is about as understandable as some of the decisions they've made off the field this year. So, all right, all right, guys, that's going to do it for this week uh, for the Longhorn live stream on Friday afternoon. Thank you uh, to everyone watching. Thanks for the the uh, questions, the super chats, as well as our sponsor Andy Ludicky of MyPerfectFranchise.net. Also, thank you to Jerry Hamilton and Rod Babers. Uh, please visit us on InsideTexas.com when you get a chance. Tomorrow we got the Saturday conversation. We've got uh, we're going to have a pregame show. We've also got to watch with us with Aaron Hogan, and then the postgame show brought to you by Flight from Yingling as well. So for Jerry, Rod, I'm Bobby Burton. Guys, be safe. Hook them. Hook them.